Hey guys, welcome back to the show. In today's episode, we are going to spend some time talking about the top three lessons I learned during my particularly difficult season of hardship and grief that continue to help me today. So listen in if you want to find out more of these lessons. And before we start the episode, I want to remind you that I have a free Facebook community that is growing and that I'm hoping you want to, you know, find some nutrition information, or if you are in need of having a community of women, just like you, who, you know, are really wanting to make the health changes, but you're just not quite there yet. Or even if you are there and you want additional support, come join me over in the whole health empowerment project, Facebook community. And it's kind of fun. You have a dietitian right at your fingertips to ask me questions. And I'm trying to do a much better job of getting in there at least a few times a month to be able to meet you. It's a really great way to have some kind of communication with you as when I'm speaking to you all, it's behind your microphone. So it's nice to actually put a face with who I'm talking to. So come find me over there and I'd love to see you. The background for this episode that we're going to talk about the top three lessons learned during my season of hardship that I continue to practice and that continues to help me today is based on a conversation that I had with my friend yesterday. So I have a friend who was wonderful to me and helped me so much. And I had multiple friends and family that helped me a lot during my particular season of hardship. She now herself is going through something that's very, very difficult. And, you know, I think we both were spending some time lamenting like how hard it, like just the challenges of being in that time, but then also talking about and reflecting on some of the things that have been really helpful. You know, she's still in her season, so she's you know, right in the midst of learning the hardships and learning the lessons. But, you know, for me, it was actually really great to be able to reflect on what I learned from that time and what I continue to learn from, you know, the changes that I made during that time. So I wanted to kind of share with you some of the things that she and I both talked about that we felt like were things that we've both learned and that, you know, will continue to be helpful to each of us as we move, you know, through our life. We all have times when things are really hard and things are, you know, and then we have times when things are a little bit easier. So I think these three lessons that we talked about are really great during any of those times and can be really helpful as a reminder to just what we need to do just to survive. A caveat of all of this is that neither she or I are mental health professionals. And although we both do see mental health professionals, this is just the perspective that that I have, especially since I've kind of come through that a little bit more than my friend has. And, you know, I'm not a mental health professional. So 
the things that we talk about in here are just from my perspective. You know, if it's nutrition related, sure, that's much more in my in my focus and my job description. So if you find that you are having a hard time with these particular lessons, I always talk about and I try to be very transparent about my journey with mental health and that I see, you know, somebody who helps me and oh and have been for many years. And so I encourage you to then seek a health professional if you feel like it's a little bit more than you can handle on your own. Because let me tell you, it makes a huge difference talking to a mental health professional versus family and friends that try to support you, but just may not know exactly what you need or how to do it. So let's move on to the lessons. Lesson number one is setting boundaries. Ah, this is a really hard one for me. And and I don't know if this is a hard one for you. As women, I suspect the hardship probably and the daily responsibilities of life in your household may fall on you more so than other family members. So I suspect that setting boundaries is something that may fall more on you than, you know, the other family members in your household. So I feel like setting boundaries is really important if you find yourself in a season of, you know, hardship or obstacles, because it really does help free up the space and the time to focus on what is important to you. So, you know, I've talked in here about when I talk about my obstacles or hardship was I went through a few years where it was just one thing after another. I mean, I had bed bugs in the apartment I was living in. I got married. I went through fertility. I got divorced. I had a baby. I became a single parent. My father died. My food, my kid was diagnosed with food allergies. And in the midst of all that, I also had a hip fracture and still struggle with the results of that hip fracture that was sustained during my third trimester of my pregnancy. So I know that you all have seasons, you know, maybe they're not back to back like I had, you know, during that time, but certainly this is what life is about. So there will be seasons where where life is particularly difficult for you too. So setting boundaries was something that was really important for me to do. And it was probably a lesson that I would have never done had I not had all of those things that forced me to have to do it. So when I'm talking about setting boundaries, what am I talking about? Well, you know, I'm just, from my perspective, it's just kind of setting a little bit of rules in place on how I want people to treat me and how I want the relationship to be. This can be with anybody. This can be with your family, your friends, your clients, your work colleagues. It's just setting a boundary of where you begin and where they end, right? And so the reason why I found it particularly difficult previously to set boundaries was, you know, as a people pleaser, I find it hard. I don't want to let anybody down and I always want to help people. Right. So if I feel like that I'm able to help somebody, then for me, you know, setting boundaries can be difficult. Maybe you, maybe that resonates with you. Right. But what I learned and maybe you'll, you'll learn, or you are learning, or you have learned, and maybe you've learned a lot earlier than I did was that 
over time though, especially when you're going through a period of hardship, it's really difficult to, when you're trying to survive, it's very hard to accommodate all these people that want something from you, or it's hard to really get that space that you need to heal and to get through what you're going through. And so I think that setting boundaries is a way to give you the space and give you the time to be able to deal with whatever you're managing without feeling bad about it. I think that's a really big thing is like to not have the guilt about it. And the other part of it is, is I think when you are going through a season of obstacles or challenges, you really start to have more perspective on, you know, where you want to spend your time and who's going to be worth your time. And so I think that setting boundaries is important in that way because then you don't end up spending time with people who aren't going to help you when you're going through a particularly difficult season, or maybe you're spending time doing something that you don't want to do that doesn't make your life any better. And it actually makes it a little bit more difficult when things are really, really challenging in your life. And maybe it's something like saying no to things that you won't that you really don't want to do because you really don't have the capacity to do it. So I'm not talking about like, you know, saying no to everything. I'm just saying that if you don't have the time to make cupcakes for your kid, then buy them. So it's just like not, or don't sign up to do something like that. Right. So it's just not over committing to something that, you know, that you don't have the space to do that. You don't have the physical or emotional space to do. And that's just going to take you further away from connecting to, to what helps you and what's going to help you get through this time. Another boundary I'm thinking of would be like over committing at work or having clients and maybe at work, like maybe you've always like been a workaholic and, you know, and now is the time that you can't honor those. Like you can't work the extra two hours a day because you just don't have the space or the time to do it because now you need to commit and focus your time on something else that's happening in your life. So just setting boundaries in general. And I know that this is probably something that's hard for a lot of us. My friend Kate is very good at setting boundaries, but she's one of the few women that I know that's really good at doing that. So I continue to work on setting boundaries and as I've said, like, this is a lesson that I learn and I continue to get better with it, but it takes a lot of practice. And I'll assure you that it's, it's certainly not easy at the beginning to do it for me. Anyway, there was a lot of guilt with doing it, but then once I started doing it, that guilt subsided a little bit more and more. And now today I don't feel that same way of setting boundaries. I'm a little bit better at doing it. And I do it a little bit earlier without having that guilt. So I encourage you, if that's something that you feel like that you're struggling with to, you know, start thinking about boundaries. And if you need somebody to help you seek out a mental health professional to to do that with you. The second lesson that I learned that I continue to, you know, and all of these, I'm not perfect and I am learning these as I'm you know, as I'm, as I'm going along in life. And so another lesson that I've learned and that I continue to practice, and that also gets a little bit easier as, you know, as life goes on and you practice it more is asking for help, asking for help. I think as women in particular, is something that's really difficult. If you do Enneagram two, like that's a very hard thing to do. 
I think for a lot of women, we get in this place that it's a lot easier to help people than to actually be vulnerable enough to ask for help. That's much, much scarier to do. I remember when I was unable to go food shopping because I had my infants on and I was on crutches and to go food shopping would mean that I would have to just lean on one crutch and I'd have to grab all the stroller and my little one and try to get in and out of the car. And it was just so hard, but I would do it even though I wasn't using my two crutches and I was only using the one. So it really wasn't helping me because I needed to get it done. And so I would do the delivery service, but sometimes I would need a little bit extra help. I had this lovely couple, Carolyn and Tom, shout out to you, you guys, you were so helpful to me, who would always volunteer to go grocery shopping for me. But I, I don't know what it was. Like I just, I think it was like, I felt bad asking for their help. And I felt like even making a list felt like such a hardship of the things that I needed. Like it just all felt really hard. And so I kept avoiding them helping me. It was just the whole thing. It was like, I had to be prepared enough to get money out ahead of time to pay them because I wasn't using Venmo or PayPal at that time. And everything just seems like so hard. And so I resisted for so long. But the thing I realized is that, you know, like people want to help you, especially if they know that you're going through a challenging time. And that's exactly what happened with Carolyn and Tom. Like they wanted to help me. And so then I realized that and I started to, you know, and they persisted too. They were very persistent and like, just write a list, just write a list. And so I think at the beginning, I was a little bit like annoyed because it felt so hard. But then once I did it, I was like, oh, this is great. And not only did they go grocery shopping for me, but then they would deliver it to my home. And it was so great. It saved me so much time. And I think that, you know, over time, it got easier for me to ask for help because I don't know if I was worried about asking for help because I didn't want, I think it was that I didn't want to be vulnerable. And I also think that, you know, it's just, I didn't want someone to tell me, no, they couldn't do it if I was going out of my way and being so vulnerable to ask for help in the first place. But I assure you that anytime that I asked for help, people were always there to help me. And I think my lesson in all of this is that, you know, people want to help. I think innately, especially when people know that you're going through a struggle, you, you know, who those friends are that are going to help you no matter what, and you know, who those family members are. And so I encourage you to reach out to those people not the people that you know, are not going to do it for you. And, you know, I think what seems to help my friend, especially is, is she actually had a list of people that she knew or had volunteered that they wanted to help. And I think what she has said is that, you know, saying like, oh, I want to help you is one thing. But then what actually made it happen for her was she compiled a list of who wanted to help her. And then she also compiled a list of what needed to be done. And then she kind of matched those up according to, you know, according to who she thought could do each and, you know, who, who could do what. So she had a list of friends that had offered to help, and then she matched up what she needed help with. And some of the things that you know, she found helpful was either grocery shopping or cooking meals. And she actually had like a, has a spreadsheet of like, okay, these are the days we need meals. These are the foods that we like. These are the foods that we don't. And then people can just have like a sign up sheet to help you. And so 
my point to all of you is it doesn't have to be so crazy as that because my friend is super organized and I never was. So I don't know which category you fall into, but I want to remind you and just to kind of tell you that people will do want to help you. It's just, I think more about us and trying to allow people to help you and to for you to be vulnerable enough to accept that help. And, and I continue to always need help now that I have a little one. And so it just reminds me that there are people that want to help you and continue to want to help you. So I encourage you to reach out because, you know, I think that's something that more people want to do. And I think it's a little bit easier for us to accept the more that we practice it. And the last thing that I learned in terms of the lessons of when I was going through my season of hardship and grief was letting go of imperfect. And the third lesson that I want you to learn or want you to know that I've learned is letting go of perfection and just realizing that anything done is better than perfect. I try to teach about this often on this podcast because I think that perfectionism is so prevalent in our culture. And as women, I I suspect that a lot of you out there are perfectionist and want to do everything right. And it gets so crazy because there's just so many responsibilities that come with work and life and trying to balance it that it's, I know we try to be perfect, but when you're in this season of any kind of change or grief or hardship that you may be experiencing, perfectionism can be so much more harmful than usual because it can lead to feeling of anxiety and depression and inadequacy and shame and guilt for not doing all of the things that you quote unquote feel like you should be doing. And, you know, I think that especially during a challenging time, you know, maybe you don't have that space emotionally or physically to concentrate on the things that you value and are important to you. And the everyday standards that you may have may have to be modified a little bit during this time just for you to survive. So when we talk about perfectionism, I mean, I'll talk about it in terms of health, right? So I think that you know, I think all of us are in this place that you have the goal of wanting to be healthy. I think for the majority of women in particular, the goal is for weight loss or weight management or, you know, anything when it comes to weight. I think the goal is also to eat perfectly. I feel like I hear that a lot, even though perfection when it comes to health or with anything is an unattainable goal. And so, it just adds a, a so much more of a burden of being perfect during a time that you're already struggling. And so I give you permission to take away that feeling that things have to be perfect when it comes to your diet or when it comes to how you're feeding yourself or your kids or what your weight is, especially during this challenging season. You know, I know that you may have the goal of eating so many fruits and veggies per day. But to be honest with you, if you are dealing with other things, that may not be a goal that's reasonable for you to have every single day. So if you need to modify that, then just do the best that you can. And I'm not saying to you to give up on nourishing foods or to give up on doing physical activity. I'm not at all because I think those things will actually help you during this time. One of my big regrets in 
doing all of this and going through my particularly hard season was that I didn't take care of myself and I didn't, you know, eat the way that I maybe could have. But I also went on the other way, like that I just kind of gave up on everything. And so what I'm saying to you is to kind of have like a little bit more of a like a, like having a little bit more of a happy medium here where you're not being perfect, but you're also not, you know, letting go of everything either. Like I did what I found and what I find to be helpful now is to just know that, you know, it's okay that you have a time that you're giving and having a little bit more takeout than you normally do. It's okay. If you don't have time to get your kids or make your kids meals and you need to do McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever it is that your family likes, it's okay if you're not exercising as much as you normally would. It's just this having this, you know, idea yeah. that like you're learning to be kind to yourself and you're learning to be kind to your body and giving it what it needs to get through this particularly difficult time. So I don't know how long this particular season is going to last for you. And that's why I want you to be able to you know, I don't know how long this season is going to last for you. Maybe it'll last a couple of days or maybe it'll last a couple of months or maybe even it will last a couple of years. But I do know that when it comes to your health, you know, I would just kind of figure out where you are today and start there and then revisit it each day because you don't want to wake up in four years and be like, oh my gosh, I have this cumulative effect of not taking care of myself for four years. And I think on the other side of it too, you don't want to get to a point that, you know, putting, you know, always making sure that you need to work out and always making sure that you're eating quote unquote perfect hinders you from dealing with the emotions and dealing with any of the hardship that you're going through. So, you know, maybe having some kind of a happy medium is a little bit more where it's at. Because it'll take some of the pressure off of you while also allowing you to have times during this difficulty to exercise and to eat better and to nourish your body and to do the things that may in fact help you get through it. So I know that kind of sounds crazy, but it's just trying to take it somewhere, you know, wherever you are today and then revisiting it each day and figuring out what it is that you're capable of today. And then, you know, being okay with whatever that is. So it's okay to not have weight loss or weight maintenance or whatever it is to not be your goal. And it's okay to hold off on that until you get to a place that you feel like you can give it the time that it needs to make it happen. And it's okay for your kids to eat whatever it is to get you through, you know, the task of having to have a meal done. So remember done is better than perfect. So, you know, it's, it's just trying to figure out what it is that can kind of take a little bit of that pressure off of you so that you can get to a place that you can really focus on doing whatever it need, you need to do to survive. It's okay to not like, so some of the things I'm so thank you for listening to my to the three lessons I learned. I hope that you find them to be helpful to you if you find yourself, or I should say when you find yourself in a season of hardship or change or grief or whatever it is 
that you are going through or will go through because it's inevitable that we all go through it. And that I hope that during that time, you're able to feel like something was able to be learned from it and that it's something that you can take forward with you as you progress, like, you know, as you go through life. Some seasons may last for a little bit of time, and some of these seasons may last for a much longer time. So when it comes to your health, you know, do what it is that you think that you're able to do at this particular time. And, you know, knowing that if you need to reach out to a mental health professional, I always encourage you to do that. And I'll always support you in in doing that too. So I don't know how long your season of difficulty will be, but I know that perhaps you are learning some lessons too that will inevitably shape the way you perceive life and the lessons that are learned during that. As the season subsides, I hope that you too are able to take some of those lessons with you and make your life a little bit easier, you know, as you go out of that season. So thank you for listening to me today. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Have a great week and remember, just do the best that you can. And if you need support, it's always out there. Okay. Talk to you soon. See you next week and be kind to yourself. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.